0: I am Plante on the Line in Vancouver, British Columbia, at thecommentary.ca. Iona Wishaw joins me now. She is the popular and critically acclaimed author of the Lane Winslow mystery series. The books are up to nine now, are bestsellers, and have garnered a devoted following. At the center of the books is Lane Winslow, a woman who in the mid-20th century leaves England for a fresh start. She ends up in the British Columbia interior in a small town called King's Cove. It's a fictional place, but it feels like it's in the Kootenays. Lane, a war-weary young intelligence officer, hopes to put her past behind her, but then there's a murder. She works alongside the uh, town's uh, inspectors, one of them is uh, Inspector Darling, and by the ninth book, out just this past month, Framed in Fire, they are married. I'll ask Miss Wishaw about uh, writing these books, about readers and their interest in mystery and crime. I'll ask her about how she conceives of her characters and what about uh, Lane Winslow keeps her interested. Iona Wishaw is a former educator and social worker. Her mother and grandfather were both spies. Iona was also a school administrator and was principal at my old high school, Sir Charles Tupper Secondary, though in the years after I was there. Visit ionawishaw.ca for more information. The eighth book in the series, A Lethal Lesson, was recently shortlisted for a BC Book Prize, the Bill Duthie Booksellers Choice Award. These books are published by Touchwood Editions. Please uh, welcome to the Plant Online Program, Myona Wishaw. Ms. Wisha, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Uh, congratulations first on the uh, BC Book Prize nomination, the, the Bill Duthie uh, Booksellers Choice Award. It's it's uh, for the eighth book, uh, A Lethal Lesson. Is that right? That's right.
1: Yeah, I uh, couldn't be more thrilled. Actually.
0: Yeah, it, it it's a it, it's a, a a terrific thing especially since you know the this series um these books of yours have, have really um captured um the the attention of audiences, hasn't it?
1: It has. I don't know what the magic formula is, but it definitely seems to be striking a note with people, I think.
0: Yeah, and it it's, it's uh, obviously gratifying to get a, get recognition. Um does the um Uh, having fans, say, I mean, having devotees who care about Lane, who can't get enough of her, um, does that convey a responsibility in terms of what you'll be writing next when it comes to her and the series, say?
1: I sometimes feel that it does, but once I'm actually writing, uh, that seems to go away. Um, I've certainly had excellent suggestions to people about um, once about, uh, twice about storylines, uh-huh. and then, um, but not to do with her. Uh, and then I'm always asked when she's going to have a baby. Mm. And I always go, I don't know. <laughs> uh,
0: you can't tell us about uh, the 10th volume, say, if that's, <laughs> if that's something that you've been thinking about, is it? Uh,
1: you know, I haven't too much. Uh, this This book is inspired by my mother, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and my mother actually didn't have her first child until she was 36. Wayne is still in her late 20s.
0: I see. You know, so... Because it was based on your mother, was that why you were drawn to this era, say?
1: Uh, Yeah, a little bit. I would have told you before I started writing that I was not in the least bit drawn to that era, um... I'm much, you know, if you're looking at historical eras in the in the 20th century, uh, I'm much more interested, in some ways, in the 30s. Mm.
2: Um,
1: maybe because the dresses were better. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm fascinated, yeah. absolutely fascinated by both wars. And obviously, my father uh, fought in that in the Second War. Um, he was, in fact, a Sunderland bomber pilot as well, like Darling.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, so, I think because you know didn't even intend to be uh, they didn't even intend to be books about my mother to be very honest uh when the very, very first uh, things I wrote, I wanted to write about the house that I lived in as a child, and that was the house that my mother bought, and uh, you know she was quite obsessed by houses because we moved all the time. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, she had her favorite houses from her childhood, and her favorite house ever in life was this house that I write about. And, uh, you know, she had bought it, and I thought, well, I'm just going to open something with her buying this house. And that's kind of how the whole thing started, really.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: What is it like when you're writing about something like that, like a house that, that you knew, that she knew? Um, does it really come alive for you as it does for the reader, say, on the page?
1: I think it does. I know that with the first few books, I was especially excited, for example, to go back to writing, uh, because it would take me back to this place, you know, from my childhood. And you're, you know, they always tell you, you can't go home. You know, you can't enter the same river twice, sort of thing. Um, And that's all true. But I really found that on some level I was able to return uh, to a place in my very early childhood. I mean, we stopped living in that house when I was five or six when we moved to Mexico. I Mm. mean, that's how long ago. So, but, you know, it just, it captured uh, everything about the place for me.
0: So the ninth book, Framed in Fire, that's out now. Um, uh, I I started reading it. I'm enjoying it a great deal. Now I'm going to be... I can say with a fear of successful contradiction, I'm going to get obsessed with the series and start at, at number one. But for people like myself, if, if we uh, get this book now, um, I mean, it's a, it's a we're pretty much a standalone story, isn't it?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think in lots of ways they all are standalone stories. And I know when I'm writing, sometimes my editors go, uh, you know, if someone's coming into the book right here, they're going to need a little more explanation because I'll just roll on Um, you know, picking up or referring to events that occurred in previous books. So, um, uh, but it's not, you know, these definitely stand alone. Like most mystery series, you you know, you can climb in anywhere. Uh, But I think what I am finding is people are going, wait a minute, how do we get here? And they want to go back to the beginning.
0: Yeah, I mean, in in the book, uh, Lane is is married to Darling, Inspector Darling. Um, How long have they been married, say?
1: They've been married For three books so they got married in um uh october of the previous year from the story that you're saying now
0: yeah so now i want to go back i want to read more about her i I find her such a uh, captivating character i'm sure people tell you this all the time um in terms of, of of who she is and and why audiences have 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 been taken by her i mean have you got an explanation on that
1: I think it's uh, I think there's a couple of things. I've been told that people really enjoy uh the strength, you know, the feminine strength mm. of her character, the yeah. strong woman thing. Um and I think uh, aside from that, though, she's uh she's a very decent person. And yeah. uh you you know has really great values, I think. And She's kind. Like, you know, when you read Elisa Lesson, you know, she's working with kids, and she's kind in a way that I would always want people who work with kids to be kind, right? Indeed. Um, so I think that's comforting, and I think they like, you know, her, her intrepidness. You know, she, yeah. she's kind of plucky in a way, right? And it's quite interesting because people... Some people have commented that, for example, they didn't think women of that era would behave in such a way. Um, and all I can say is, boy, oh, boy, they didn't know my mother or my <laughs> aunts or yeah. all the women who came out of the war, you know. Yeah. Uh, they. they um, somebody recently expressed concern about why she'd go and not be afraid to meet a man by herself. I mean, I feel in some ways that's kind of a very modern concern, right? mm -hmm, Yeah, Um, Because my mother hitchhiked with completely unknown truck drivers to Alaska. Wow. She left me and my brother and went hitchhiking to Alaska. I mean, nobody in their right mind would do that today. Right. Not even remotely, right? Yeah. Uh, but that was the kind of woman she was, and my aunt was like that, you know, and they all they all did things during the war.
0: That's the thing that I was struck by as I was starting reading the book was that um uh, one often forgets what era the book is set in, um and which means that you can essentially take this character and put her uh, you can write a story with her in it today. Um, you can go back to the 30s even. You can go back to, say, the, the late 1800s. I mean, th- that's how strong this character is, I think.
1: Yeah, and I think people need to remember that, you know, strong women are, uh, you know, they existed yeah. all through history, you know, and I think principled people existed all through history. You know, I remember a couple of years ago someone expressed concern about how, um uh, you know, a person of that era wouldn't be so liberal mm, in their outlook. Sure. And, uh, again, you know, I mean, I'm in my 70s, so I, I'm a child of the 60s, right? I grew up during the 60s. My mother was telling me when I was 16 that she was fighting uh, for the African movement in South Africa mm. when she was a young woman, a young white woman, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it didn't just start now. Kind of thing, and it didn't just start in the '60s. People have always been concerned about justice. Maybe not as many people, but there have always been people who fought for the right thing.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, when you look at crime, I mean, the books are, are um, have murder in them. Uh, do you think about the bad people in in, in your books? I mean, I, I'm speaking as a, a layperson in terms of. of uh, I mean, I don't write at all. I, I would assume that that um, to, to write a say a, a bad guy, if you will. Um, we, we would, I would make him as one-dimensional as possible because I think that'd be easier for for a reader to say gather that this guy was bad.
1: Yeah, you know, you make a very good point. Um, I think, in general, what when I think about my bad guys, um, they they almost are people whom you have to look at within a social context. Mm um you know uh, some people just have not very good characters like i'm not going to give you any um reveals uh-huh. uh for this book here but the, there is a bad guy in it and um he's just uh, um a person whose focus on life is um you know he's entirely about himself He's selfish right from the beginning of his life, you know. So, uh, you know, that leads him to do things that he perceives of as being, um, you know, meeting his own needs. But they're bad in the context of of what happens to other people. So, you know, I don't like to make them totally one-dimensional because I don't want to make anybody, you know, single-dimensional. And I like to have a, a reason. I like to have a rationale. You know, I want to understand why people behave like that. And, you know, that really uh, comes in a lot of ways from my own long history of working with kids. You know, before I was a teacher, I worked with, with uh, kids in group homes and stuff like that, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think, I couldn't even count on the finger of one finger how many kids I met uh, in all kinds of circumstances who were terrible in terms of how they were behaving in society, but were themselves st- struggling their whole life. Yeah. yeah. You know? So I, I'm, not to, I'm not trying to make people feel sorry for the bad guys, but I want them to have a social context. And, you know, if Lane is going to confront somebody... You're just giving me ideas here, you know. <laughs> uh, if Lane is going to confront somebody... Um, in some ways, she has to be attuned a little bit to the totality of what makes that guy up because no one is wholly and completely bad.
2: Yeah. You yeah. know,
1: even the worst guy loves his children. You know what I'm saying? Sure, yeah, yeah. So, so I think that's important to give complexity in some ways to the story.
0: Yeah, I, I, I like reading um, fiction more and more as I, I get older because I, I, I want to know. Why people do things, and and especially bad things, because you know we we read the news, we hear the news, watch the news on, on, on every day, and there is there are bad things that happen in 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 our cities and in 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 our countries and the sort, um, and I'm I'm fascinated why people do bad things, and 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 I guess that that's why people are so taken by your books is because um, they're they're written from a place of uh, uh, sympathy is not the right I guess empathy is the right word, right?
1: Yeah, a little bit. I, I mean, you're right. I think we all want to understand, because I still do. I look at some things people do, and I go, what the hell is the matter with people? You yeah, know, you just yeah. you can't comprehend what could possibly be in someone's mind when they do some dumbass thing, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think we're ever going to fully solve that. Um, and I think there are people who just really are, are bad beyond their individual capacity to damage society. You know, yeah. I won't name the names of politicians and so on, but, you know, they have power beyond just their own ability to be obnoxious. So,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah I don't know. It's an interesting question. I think the, the other thing, though, when you look at, I think, the appeal of the books is that, um, you know, there's an awful lot of detective books where the detective is kind of, you know, struggling with alcohol. Sure, and
2: yeah.
1: You know, got five divorces behind them and all the rest of it. And I just wasn't interested in a character like that, you know, um, because I think, you know, Darling is who he is. He's reserved, and he's unbuttoned enough to fall in love with this woman, and, um, you know, he's still himself. Yeah, yeah. So.
0: Iona, when you um, hear of, say, murder in the news or or crimes of that sort, um, do you... uh, like to think about what happened and and, and try to solve the crime itself
1: um sometimes because sometimes they're quite intriguing uh and you know one that really comes to mind is um uh our mayor had a sister who disappeared and was found dead
0: peter ladner
1: yes in the in the in the forest here, and that's right near me here, right? Mm. And I often try to understand what could possibly have happened there, you know, because they've never caught anyone. So, you know, that to me is interesting. Uh, Lots of times, murders are just pretty sordid, you know. They, I don't think they have anything illuminating. Uh, My my, uh, book, uh, A Match Made for Murder, uh, there's a story in there that's based on a news new story that I saw uh-huh. that I thought was so, um, you know, it, it, it's a situation where an innocent bystander gets killed. And, uh, you know, I thought it was very, um, you know, moving or touching or, or something about fate, you know, when somebody who has nothing to do with the situation ends up getting shot or killed. Uh, so sometimes you know I, I'll look and I see something and I go you know what that that could be an interesting uh, storyline.
0: What's also marvelous about the series is that they are set in in the story, the books are set in British Columbia. Was there any temptation early on to say say take it away from here?
1: Uh, you know I was actually advised uh, you know the first book that I did I self published mm-hmm. um, the the one that's now called the Killer in King in King's Cove. And, um, you know, I sent it to one of these places where they'll look at self-published books with a view to giving a prize or giving an evaluation or whatever. And, you know, the, the person who got my book commented, no one's interested in Canada. Wow. You know, and I've met um, people who write books and they set, you know, cozy, like real cozy, you know, with, recipes in the back and stuff mm-hmm. like that um and they set them all in like massachusetts or someplace right because they don't think americans will read them if they're set in ontario or quebec or wherever and i i just think that's it's ludicrous because you're denying uh the character of a place when you move something yeah. you know yeah. it, it to me it's not a serious book i mean uh um uh the Gamache series, um, Louise Penny,
2: mm-hmm.
1: she's unapologetically in Quebec, you know. And uh, there's a series set in Saskatchewan, unapologetically. It's all you know that 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 place is so much a part of what the story is that you couldn't possibly take them out. Yeah. And I don't mind moving my characters. Like the book I'm working on now, Book Ten, you know, Lane and Darling have dashed off to England again, as mm-hmm. they did in the fourth book. Um, you know, for 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 reasons, and so there there'll be things there to solve. I don't mind doing that, but I don't like to take the British Columbia out of it because it's it's all about Kings Cove, you know, and those yeah. people and and her finding that sort of um, refuge there.
0: And it's great now that I mean you, you're one of a, a handful of writers now who who have kept their characters in BC. You know, I think of Sam Weeb and his series and, and, oh my God, and Charlie Demers in Vancouver.
1: Yeah, that's
0: right. Yeah, it's it's just fun as a Vancouverite to read about your city, your province. Um, I think it is. Yeah. You know,
1: and you know when you're reading Sam or or um, or Charlie's books, you know, you are you're right there. Like I know that street, you know, yeah, I'm down yeah. I that street, right? Uh, yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. But you know, someone sent me something from a, a bookstore in Miami uh-huh. uh, that has a blog, and they put a whole blog about my books. You know, on how much they love them. And, you know, Killer in King's Cove was the best-selling paperback for two years in a row, back in 2018 and 19, in a bookstore in Houston. Wow. So, you know, once a bookseller discovers it and likes it, they really hammer away at it.
0: Yeah, and it it, it must be great, I mean, to to have, um, to be sort of an ambassador for this place as you are. I mean, um, I I, you know, I, I can't tell you as a British Columbian how much I appreciate that.
1: Well, I never thought of being an ambassador, but yes. <laughs>
0: um, the, um, uh, we, we have a, a, a sort of connection, I guess. I mean, you were principal at uh, Sir Charles Tupper. Um, I was a student there. I graduated in 2000, so I, I, I missed you, I guess. Um, th- throughout your career as an educator, did, did you also write, say?
1: Um, that is probably, uh, that accounts for a long 20-year span of me not writing. Um, and that I think is because, for me, both as a teacher and as a um, as an administrator, you know that work is, to my mind, extremely creative and all-consuming. And um, you know, I thought, for example, I taught creative writing when I was a teacher. I taught, oh. you know, writing twelve. And I thought, you know, this will be the opportunity for me to squirrel away at my desk while the kids are writing and stuff. But that never really happened. You know, it, um, education, the way I approached it was all-consuming, and it, and it fulfilled my desire for creativity. The only reason I started writing when I was two years away from um, retirement was because I knew if I didn't start then... I might get into retirement and then keep thinking, well, tomorrow I'll start writing. Tomorrow mm. I'll write, you know, because tomorrow I'm going to get piano lessons and a thousand tomorrows have passed yeah. and my keyboard is sitting there untouched, you know. So that can happen. So I just decided I want to get a habit now. I'll write every single morning before I go to work. I wrote 400 page uh, pages, yeah, 400 words a day, uh-huh. and, uh, and then I'd go to work. So I'd get up around 5 and do that, right? And um, and and that actually set a fantastic writing habit for me. I, I've never varied from it in all those years.
0: And and so that is that three hundred and sixty-five days a year.
1: It's uh, five days a week. I see. So okay. I I do follow a school schedule of five days a week, uh, because I think you need your weekends.
0: Yeah.
1: Just to to not have that and i'm a little bit a type you know if you leave me alone i'll start trying to do things so it's better for me to have a couple of days where i don't do that
0: it it has become such a prolific and and productive retirement um one one hopes that you you find time to do the things that you enjoy doing or or that you're able to relax and, and recreate if you will do you
1: uh, not as much as I should. I'm, I'm working on that. That's, you know, yeah. uh, I, I like to go away on holiday because that's when I do it. I see. You yeah. know, uh, but of course with COVID, no one's been anywhere, but we did go to Arizona in March. So that was kind of, you know, I, unfortunately, not unfortunately, but I was involved in book things there. So, you know, it's never far away.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and this character is never far away. I mean, you're working on uh, uh, number 10, and do you have a sense of where, how long you'll take uh, Lane, say?
1: Um, you know, it's funny. When I'm finishing one book, or even when I'm partway through it, like when I was finishing Framed in Fire, I was already thinking about the 10th one, but I already had an idea for the 11th one. So... Mm. If it goes like that, I'm not really sure. I mean, you know, Louise Penny's written 20 or 21 books about uh, gamash. So, yeah. you know, I don't know what's to stop anyone. I do have a different uh, little series that I've got one and a half books of, and I would like to devote a little more time to that for sure. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to going to
0: play out well long may it continue because i mean you have fans and 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 uh, you're you're making new fans along the way that that i think um they will uh, certainly look for lane wherever they can um but by the way um something i've always uh, been been wondering when, when i talk to, to authors uh how do you come up with the names is that is that um is that easy uh it's
1: not easy. Easy as you would think. You're talking about character names, yeah, interest.
0: yeah. Especially ones that we. Yeah, it's not
1: we, as easy as yeah. you think. I remember when uh, I first uh, did my very first book and sent it to the the pu- person who signed me, uh, the publisher who signed me, who's now my publisher. Yeah. Um, the editors wrote back and said, "You've got five characters called Adam." And I, you know, <laughs> <it didn't>, you, <laughs> yeah, you just, yeah. you know, you sort of go, "Okay, sure. here's the alphabet. I'm at A." You know. And um, then you just start grabbing the names of people that you know, you know, kind of thing. Or you go into common um, Norwegian names, or, you know, you start, you you really do, I do spend a lot of time looking at, uh, you know, common Anglo-Saxon names, or, you know, common Welsh names, or something like that, uh, so that I don't, uh, common Dukabor names, for
0: Mm. example. yeah.
1: And, and you learn things like um, you know this the the pillar of Duke of names in Saskatchewan is a little bit different from what it is in British Columbia right so it, it, all of that kind of stuff you you know you do look um, to make sure and uh, you know for a long time I had a um, spreadsheet with everybody's name on it
2: oh yeah yeah
1: um, Made by one of my editors, and then I'm afraid I didn't follow up with the spreadsheet show. So, and then sometimes the editor just says, "This name is too close to this other name. You're going to have to change this character's name all the way through." Yeah.
0: Um, uh, the other thing that that I I, I I'll, I'll end with this because I think it's an important thing to 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 stress. Um, you're, in your career as an educator. I mean, I assume that that. Um, uh, urging people to read was was important to you and I, for for a writer um they seem to go hand in hand do they i mean reading and writing
1: uh absolutely i mean um i mean i have to confess that among my students i did see people who write wrote quite well who were not themselves readers really but i think uh being a reader you know, like in my house, we didn't even get a television until I was sixteen, mm. and I read copiously. But it's the only thing I could do when I was young. I couldn't do math, so all I could do was read because I had so many different schools. Um, but, you know, it gives a depth, I think, to your writing to have read widely. I think it really does. You know, and it puts you and it puts you on the continuum of literature. You know. It's not by accident that sometimes people compare my characters to the characters written by Dorothy L. Sayers, who was a great mystery writer of uh, of the 1920s. You know, it just gives you, you know, it puts you inside the context of literature as well that I think is good.
0: And do you find that you're reading as you write as well?
1: You know, the problem is that since I've become a writer, I don't read as much for my own pleasure. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason for that is that I'm uh, very often, for example, asked to give uh, blurbs yeah. uh, for people's books. Now, it's a pleasure to read those books, mm-hmm. so I'm not saying that. But, you know, if I'm just thinking I want to just lie around with a, with a cocktail on the sunny deck and read my book... Um, Usually I'm reading something I have to read for some reason, right? Or if I'm moderating at at festivals, you know, you have to read all the books. I mean, when I was in Tucson, I had to read seven books, eight books for that.
2: Really? Yeah.
1: uh, Because I was moderating four brilliant authors, and I was interviewing Donna Leon, who is the queen, queen, international queen of mystery, in my view. So, but I mean, they were all a pleasure to read. Indeed,
0: yeah. By the way, um, uh, you'll indulge me. Uh, um, Did you like your time at Tupper?
1: I adored my time at Tupper. Adored it. I think. I think. You know. I don't want to say that it is the most wonderful school, but it is Um, (laughs) because I. You know, I went from there to David Thompson, which has many of the characteristics of Tupper, except it's a little bit bigger.
2: Uh-huh.
1: But, you know, the, the, the depth of caring that teachers had there for students was absolute music to my ears. And the students, oh, my God, they're wonderful. You know, And people would say to me sometimes who weren't in education, like, oh, my God, that must be so hard, teenagers today. And I'm looking at them like they have two heads. Have you met teenagers today? They're unbelievable. Yeah, They're yeah. fantastic. Yeah, no, no. It was a, it was a huge. I, I was just so thrilled and privileged to be a part
0: of that staff. I, I, enjoy, I must say, I was there from '95 to 2000, and and um, you know, being being a teenager, as you say, is, is is a tough time and 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 the sort. But I mean, I I had a, a lovely time there, and 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 uh, some of my closest friends are are ones that I made there, and 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 th- that's both uh, uh, students and and staff even to this day. So. Um,
1: yeah, I like, I like to, I like the idea that kids can go to school, uh, no matter what they're coming from. And it's, it is a place of safety. And, you know, they can find people who care for them. You know, I, I just, to me, that's just the top.
0: Iona, it's been such a pleasure to speak with you today. Uh, congratulations on uh, not just the success of this series, but but of course the BC Book Prize nomination. I, I've, um, I, I'm an admirer of your work and, and now a, a big fan of, of the Lane Winslow series. Thanks for your time today.
1: My enormous pleasure. Thank you so much. And you ask just great questions.
0: Visit ionawishaw.ca for more information. The Lane Winslow uh, mystery uh, series is published by Touchwood Editions. The latest, Framed in Fire, uh, is out now. It's uh, author Iona Wisha. Join me on the line from here in Vancouver. I'm Joseph Planta.